0: Before I take off into today's podcast, everybody, I just want to tell you about an amazing opportunity on how you can show your support for the AvGeek Chronicles podcast and AvGeek Nation. You can now become a direct contributing supporter of the AvGeek Chronicles podcast. Now, this money is not going to me, nor is it going to the show. My whole life is about doing things different, and this opportunity for you is just the same. By contributing to the AvGeek Chronicles podcast, 100% of your donations are going directly to the new nonprofit that I'm going to be uh, starting up here pretty soon. That's right. Not a dime is going to go to me personally. That's not the mission here. This podcast is directly supporting the mission in my upcoming nonprofit organization that will give underprivileged kids the under, the opportunity to attain their private pilot certificate or reach their aviation goals with no financial cost to them, not a single dime. Just like my goal of the podcast, the goal of my organization is to educate students through real life aviation experiences and give them the mentorship that they probably won't get just with a scholarship. My organization is going to give need-based and deserving students the personal mentorship, academic counseling, personal flight and ground training, and personal skills building for them to make a bigger impact in today's world. I want these opportunities to both be available for fixed-wing and helicopter pilot hopefuls. We could probably even add uh, mechanics as well, because it's such a need in today's aviation world. Instead of just collecting money and giving scholarships for flight training, I want to have a truly bigger and bigger real impact on a young aviator's life. I know know this goal seems pretty lofty, but it's really the lofty goals out there that have the most impact. By becoming a supporter of the podcast, you are automatically becoming a supporter of our upcoming nonprofit. If you're already supporting the show by subscribing and listening, I greatly appreciate your support of my nonprofit goal as well. You can support the mission with a monthly subscription by tapping the link in uh, today's episode's description, or you can visit anchor.fm slash avgeek chronicles again that's anchor.fm slash avgeek chronicles to become a monthly supporter any contribution will help make a dream become a reality for a future aviator and in today's aviation environment where pilots and mechanics are at pretty much the highest demand that they've ever been your support goes a long way When you become a supporter, your name or organization will get a shout-out on every, every upcoming episode of AvGeek Chronicles. I'll also give you or your organization a shout-out over on social media so everyone knows that you directly support the future of aviation and the future aviators out there that will keep our industry going. So, Avgeek Nation, show your support for the future of aviation, and I 100% appreciate you being a supporter and listener of the Avgeek Chronicles podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of Avgeek Chronicles. I am your host, Colin. Chief Avgeek, Aviation Maniac, or whatever you want to call me, here on Avgeek Chronicles. First off, everybody, I want to say if you did not catch last week's episode of Avgeek Chronicles, which was the first episode of the Ask the Avgeek show, then I highly, highly, highly suggest you pause right now, go back, and give it a listen before you give a, a, a listen to uh, today's episode. Or you can finish today's episode and, uh, and go back. Um, to the podcast from last week. I was very fortunate to have my very, very, very close friend, Eli Malloy from Longhorn Helicopters on the show, and he gave our listeners some great advice and commentary on his short but very experienced journey in aviation so far. He's super passionate about what he does, and he gave everybody uh, some really, really uh, good content for for everybody to listen to. So even though it's the first episode of my new pillar show that I'm doing here on FD Chronicles, you don't want to miss it. So please go give it a listen, whether it's now or after to today's episode. I'm really looking forward to having my next guest on the, uh, on the show soon. Um, but... If you or anyone you know knows a young aviator out there trying to change the landscape, trying new things, doing crazy stuff, uh, tell them to drop me a DM over on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter over at Hodge underscore C-H-E. So H-O-D-G-E underscore C-H-E. Have your friends, if they're in aviation and they're doing some pretty cool cool stuff, tell them to drop me a DM uh, and we'll talk and we'll hopefully get something on the schedule. On today's episode, I want to talk about something that is surprisingly very, very important to all aviators out there and something that I think is truly grossly underestimated by these same aviators. So everyone, today's topic that we're going to touch on is aviator health. Now think for a second, why do you think I said this topic, you know, is grossly underestimated by aviators out there and not just by aviators, but people in general. Well, because if you hang around, you know, enough airports, uh, whether you're young or old, and you hang out there for a while, you start to see and witness unhealthy aviators with unhealthy habits. You just do. You see it. It's easy. Now, what do I mean by this? You know, it's pretty simple, actually, right? Yes, all aviators. You know, the FAA requires you to pass a medical. You know, the FAA wants to make sure that you can by the bare minimums fly, but let me tell you from firsthand experience, it's pretty simple to pass a class three medical. Now don't get me wrong. There's plenty of folks out there trying to become a pilot that have to jump through some hoops just to get a medical. I know a few and I empathize with them, but for the vast majority of aviators out there with no significant health issues, especially young aviators, it's pretty simple to pass the standard medical. Now I'm going to give you a quick example. Love this a 25-year-old male airman. Actually, this basically would be the same for any older airman, too. So we'll stick with the 25-year-old uh, airman. But this could be uh, for anybody, really. This individual is obese. This individual drinks in excess more than he or she should. This aviator may smoke or, you know, as young kids are getting into nowadays, vaping every single day. Has no exercise regimen. This aviator has visible or people know of anger issues um, and veges out a lot, plays video games all day when they're you know, not flying, drinks nothing but sodas and energy drinks which are being pushed on to people like no other nowadays and doesn't receive checkups from a doctor and eats a diet loaded, loaded with salt and fat and everything that's not good for your body. Now that i've set this scene according to regulations you know there's nothing in that situation that i just laid out for you all that would really legally disqualify that individual from hopping in the cockpit nothing i just said really keeps you out if you can pass that standard medical you can become at least a private pilot by rules this individual can fly but from a general health standpoint and from my own opinion i probably wouldn't hop in the cockpit with a pilot that has that type of baggage, pun intended. I consider myself a daredevil, but when I fly, I wanna be flying with somebody who is truly, truly fit to fly. Being fit to fly is more than passing a medical. You know, everybody, there's this crazy stat out there that says 70% 70 of all people's medical problems stem from their daily lifestyle. That means how you live your life every single day any medical problems, you know, 70% of your medical problems will come from that lifestyle. You know, that individual who I just described uh, in the previous statement probably has dreams of becoming an aviator or a pilot, and maybe they are an aviator or a pilot. Um, And I hope they do achieve that dream, or I hope they continue to do it. But what I also hope is that they take being a pilot serious, and they get into some better shape or choose healthier lifestyles. You know, as young folks in aviation, we probably think our health is great. We're young. We're not going to the doctor. We're not getting sick. But if we have these unhealthy lifestyles and, you know, we just continue them, issues are going to start piling up and the problems you know, the problems that come with these unhealthy lifestyles are going to be slow to show themselves. And when they do, when they do show themselves, you could probably, and you know, potentially be risking your medical certificate and not just your medical certificate, but you probably could be risking, you know, health issues in the future. So here's one observation I do like seeing though, especially in young folks, and I think this is great. And I think this would really motivate older, uh, the older generation in aviation, in general, Young folks have been found to take a bigger pride in living a healthier lifestyle. That's just true with today's millennial class. You know, and that includes a healthy diet, healthy relationships, lots of exercise, getting out, walking, being outside, and so on and so forth. So guys, today, I want to talk about the five areas in aviator health that we really should take pride in. Those five areas that we're gonna talk about today are stress and mental health, number one. Number two, weight management. Number three, exercise. Number four, rest. And number five, general health checks. Because these are all important as part of an aviator's health. So let's dive a little bit deeper into these, all right? All right, number one, stress and mental health. In my opinion, I believe that stress and mental health is probably one of the most important categories when you're talking about aviator health. And this is because flying is such a mental and process-based activity that if you don't have your mental game right, if you don't have your head screwed on straight or you're stressed out, you're legitimately one wrong move from causing a potentially fatal mistake, not to you, but possibly to another aviator that's doing everything right. You know, it's just like I, I compare it to something that me and my wife are going through. So it's just like my wife and I's marriage counselor says, if you're mad, sad, tired, angry, etc., you're bound to say things or make decisions that you wouldn't make if you were feeling normal and healthy. Basically, when you look at this, you can also attach this same principle to flying or even maintaining aircraft. This ha- this can be to potential pilots, this can be to pilots that are flying right now. This could even be attached to people maintaining the aircraft. All three of these types of people have, you know, they need to take their health seriously. If your mental health is not in tip-top shape, then you're putting yourself at a serious disadvantage when it comes to making correct, quick, and sensible decisions when you're in the air. So how else could your mental health uh, be causing uh, you stress or, you know, some other feelings that may be knocking you off, um, you know, tip top shape. So while preparing for any flight, you're supposed to go through this thing called the I'm safe checklist. And the reason why I'm really doing this episode today is when I was in my check ride, you know, this was one area that I got caught up in uh, with my uh, DPE, and he made me go back and redo it and, and learn it. And so by going through and relearning it, and I knew it was important, but this podcast just really, really shows you know, that I really did learn from it. And I think it's really true because I live by these principles. So in this I'm safe checklist, you have S for stress and E for emotion. Both of these hit the mental health side of flying. If you are having troubles at home, at work, with family, with friends, or is there something bothering you or upsetting you? Are you feeling angry? Are you feeling impatient? Are you feeling sad or depressed? Any of these. If you're having any issues that are causing you to be emotionally upset about anything, then it's probably safe, you know, safe to say that you probably should stay out of the cockpit because you might be putting yourself in harm's way. You just might not know about it. Stress is a regular part of life. Everybody's gonna have stress. You're you're not gonna go through life without stress. You know, and especially aviators and other aviation professionals. You know, you have mechanics, you have ATC, you got ground support. For me personally, I haven't found another, you know, more stressful environment than being in the cockpit. I I mean, it's true, I haven't experienced a lot in life, you know, I'm still young, but so far, I still find it the most stressful place. You know, things happen quickly and you always have to be on your toes. You have to have your mental game right. For some, stress can help keep us on our toes. You know, sometimes I'm stressed and it actually keeps me very productive. But for the average Joe, stress usually negatively affects the individual and could negatively affect uh, that aviator and make some. they could make some poor decisions. You know, there are generally three kinds of stress Uh, in your life to to be aware of you know that is physiological stress that's environmental stress and uh, psychological stress so when it comes down to us pilots you know we're generally calm people but emotions can sometimes get the best of anyone including us aviators and it's important to assess your feelings and your mental game before hopping in any aircraft is there something bothering you? Or is there something upsetting you? Are you feeling angry, impatient, sad, depressed? All these, again, you have to ask yourself before you hop in any aircraft. You know, keep in mind that negative emotions can can lie under the surface. You might, you know, if you're an aviator and you're seeing another aviator getting in the cockpit, they might have some serious mental problems going on. You just can't see it because it's lying under the surface, but it will only manifest itself when that you know when that person is under some stress or under pressure and it could just pop so take an emotional in you know taking emotional inventory of not just yourself but maybe of some of your other uh aviators it could be fairly uncomfortable you know there could be a sense of judgment there could be a sense of you might make somebody mad but because mental health is so important not just to aviation and the safety of everybody but it really is an important overall picture of your personal health. I really think that guys. You know, flying though it's very very fun and very relaxing, and that's just in my opinion, should not be an activity where you get away from problems or issues that you could be mentally dealing with. If you're got problems with your wife or you got problems with your girlfriend, saying, Oh, I'm going to go fly. And it's, you know, it's, it's probably not the place. Maybe go to the gym, maybe take a walk, you know, don't go to the bar, drink yourself, you know, don't go fly and say, Oh, flying is going to get my stress off my back. There's too many decisions and movements while you're flying that require your full attention. If you're lacking that because of those issues, the potential for serious mistakes is very high. If you're prepping to fly, And your mental, your head, you know, your head game is not 100%. You know, do yourself a huge favor, sit that day out, find something else, find somebody you can talk to. That's going to go way further than putting yourself in the cockpit and potentially making a mistake you might regret for the rest of your life. It's not worth putting your aircraft. It's not worth putting your own life or it's not worth putting other aviators at risk by forcing yourself to fly when things in your head when your mental game isn't right that my friends is why I believe that stress and mental health are really the number one health area that aviators not just young but older too they need need to take pride in their mental game it's important so now number two what's the number two area that I believe um, that aviators need to take pride in that's pretty simple, right? It's weight management. You know, it's funny. Aircraft are very, very weight-sensitive machines. Now, when you get to the bigger jets, maybe not so much, but they're still weight-sensitive to everybody in them and the baggage and cargo that could be put inside. You know, being in the helicopter industry like I am, I know this very, very well because helicopters are some of the, you know, most super weight-sensitive uh, type of aircraft. And with that, we should all do our part and watch our weight, not just for the aircraft's sake, but for our own sake too, because having the wrong weight and being heavy, it could be a potential sign that our health is not good. You know, at least in general aviation sense, if you're overweight, you might not be able to fit in the aircraft. And let me tell you from firsthand experience, both my instructor and I are very, we're fairly slim people. You know, I'm athletic and he's taller than me. But we still sat shoulder to shoulder in a 172. And I can tell you, neither of us are considered obese. Now, with obesity, we hear a lot about this thing. It's called the BMI. Now, the BMI is an okay, you know, it's an okay tool to look at. But it doesn't really tell the whole story about a person's health. You know, it really, it's... You know, it, it's I mean, it's hard to say, but the BMI tool, I, I think it's great and it's great to give you, you know, a high level overview, but it doesn't tell the whole story about your health or maybe somebody else. You know, I constantly, and I'll be front, I constantly come out with high BMI numbers. If you saw me, you probably wouldn't believe me, you know, because of my weight and height, but that's because I'm fairly, you know, I'm a fairly athletic individual. If you want to find out if you are obese or not, you probably should consult your physician or go find a doctor who can give you a checkup. They for sure will be able to give you the necessary tests that determine how your weight is, how your health is. But here in the U.S., you know, the problem here in our country isn't that the country is fat or obese, but it's that we're getting more obese, more fatter. You know, I'm not going to downplay the genetics genetics, genetics play a huge part in obesity it's true there's science that backs it but in today's environment that we live in it really has to do you know with high calorie foods fast foods snack foods junk foods that americans consume on a daily basis that industry is huge it's booming they push it tv commercials radio commercials everywhere they push 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 and they love it americans love their snack food but let me tell you, you know, when when you when you go to FBOs, that doesn't help either. If you've ever walked into an FBO and you check out their little snack section, most have it. Well, what do you see? What do you see at their snack bar? You see candy bars, you see chips, you see cookies, etc. Yeah, it's good, you know. Yeah, it tastes good. But it's not good for us, you know. It's cheap and tasty. Thankfully. But you know, it's it's a good sign that FBOs are starting to go away from this, and they're providing healthier options for their patrons. You know, I was down in uh, I was down in Miami, and we were doing some demo flights, um, and it was lunchtime, and I was super hungry, and I I went directly to their uh, to their uh, their snack area. But what I was surprised was so many healthy options. I loved it, and that's the first FBO that I've been to that truly had healthy. Um, healthy options for pilots and other people that, uh, that visit that FBO. So it's a trend that I see that FBOs and their snacker, they're starting to get healthier foods because pilots, they need fuel. They need better food in order for them to perform their job. And that goes not just for pilots that goes for the people on the ground and people maintaining the aircraft. Now the news in this whole scheme of things, it's not all dark and dreary for the most part, the younger generation today is actually taking their health a lot more seriously. And you see that in everyday life. You see that in social media. And, you know, the younger generation is pretty conscious about the food that they, uh, that they, in, they intake uh, into their system. And they really, really take pride in having healthy lifestyles. It's, you know, it's almost like, hey, I live healthy. This is what I'm about. And, you know, people show it. You know, I mean, every quarter, you know, when you look in the scheme of things of a year, every quarter, it's like there's a new workout fab that shows up or there's a new workout place that people jump on, you know, the younger generation. uh, And I think this is spreading to the older generation too, is people are starting to take care of themselves a lot more. It's a good sign. I love it. And I hope this continues in the aviation industry as well. In my opinion, in my book, I really do believe that healthy is the new wealthy. And I take pride in myself in managing my weight, as I believe it plays a significant role in how my body functions and how my mind thinks. And thus, you know, it turns into hopefully making the proper decisions uh, while I fly. If my body is not in tip top shape, I know, you know, I'm not going to be on a good path. uh, And it won't, it means that I won't be fit to fly. So I continue to try to stay on tip top shape uh, to be you know, to continue to be fit to fly, to be continue to, to be a healthy individual and make sure my checkups every time I go to the doctor are as good as they possibly can be. So lastly, in weight management, how can aviators make weight management work for them? Because everybody is different. Not this thing that will work for me won't necessarily work for my friends. It just won't, you know, and it's pretty simple, really. And I'm gonna get into that first part. Oh, excuse me, right now, and I'll follow up in the next part um, as you know what I think is the second part to weight management. Uh, but it's a complete section itself. But part one is eating healthy. Eating healthy used to be a pricey thing to do. It really did. You know, a few years back, things were expensive. But now, because our you know our world is starting to jump on the health train, is starting to get a lot cheaper. Eating healthy is pretty simple. Really, all you have to do is follow the food pyramid and you're already on your way. I mean, we learned about that when we were little kids, the food pyramid. That could be a first place to start if you don't believe you're on a healthy weight management path. So to manage your weight the safe way, you should be including whole grains in the form of whole wheat bread, cereals, rice, pastas, containing whole grains. You should always get a healthy serving of veggies. I mean, I eat so many veggies a day. I even take green powder in my uh in my vegan protein. You know, always include fruits, but watch out for those concentrated juices. Those aren't good for you. You should include healthy fats and healthy oils and always 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 the most important piece is make sure you're getting enough protein. Protein is what fuels your muscles. Now, you're probably thinking, well, why didn't you include meat, poultry, fish? Those are all things with high protein. And you know, and you can have that. And that's a very valid point. But that's because me personally, I tend to follow a more whole foods diet. If you've ever heard of something called the Engine 5 diet, that's more of the path that I like to follow. I've kind of cut meat and dairy um, pretty much out of my diet. And, you know, I indulge a little bit, you know, when I feel like it but I've pretty much cut it out totally and it's helped me so much and if you tend to like meat like chicken and steak and whatnot you know those are good sources of protein for you go for it I'm not telling you not to you know my protein sources include a lot of beans legumes nuts and proteins found in veggies such as pea protein that's the protein I put in my shakes after my workout. Now I'm not a dietitian, but what I've just explained to you is what has worked for me, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You have to figure out yourself what works for you uh, in eating healthier. If you want to hear more about my diet and how I manage my weight, find me over on social media, drop me a DM, and we can talk about it some more. By keeping your weight managed through a healthy diet, I promise you, you're bound to keep yourself a very healthy aviator. If you're eating healthy, your body is going to reward you by feeling healthy. If you eat healthy, your body will reward you by feeling healthy. I promise that, and it's going to function properly and give you, your body is going to produce the energy you need in the air, out there on the line, in your daily life. Food is fuel. Obesity this is one that you know we can't go away from it it can be a problem in aviation and i hope folks start taking a more serious look into their own weight you know, in aviation, obesity stems from a very unhealthy diet, including lots and lots of those $100 burgers. And the second part is, you know, for pilots that are doing this for a living, it's a lack of exercise, you're sitting down for a long time. And then when you're, you know, when you get to your destination, you're tired, you go get rest. And so you don't fit exercise, you know, into, into your, your daily regimen. Thus, it's, having a negative effect on you and you're starting to gain weight so that's why we're going to go into our next topic for topic number three we have exercise plain and simple regardless if you're a pilot or not or just an aviator maybe you're a mechanic maybe you're a line person exercise is one of the most important things you can do for your body in my opinion as a pilot as an aviator physical activity or exercise is it truly has improved my health. It's improved my flexibility. It's improved my energy levels. I mean, everything. And I continue to believe that's the reason why I don't get sick very often. You know, it's funny. My, my wife's a teacher and she brings home these these little sick bugs from her little kindergartens all the time. You know, these kids have some crazy things. She catches them. She brings them home. For somehow, I, I, don't, I don't get very sick often. And I could just have some crazy piece of my system that just doesn't want to get sick. But I attribute it to exercising often, eating healthy um, and that, you know, maybe if I worked in a school, I probably would be would get I would probably be getting sick just like her. According to the Mayo, the, the Mayo Clinic, I found this out uh, while I was doing some research, you know, trying to get some answers, uh, some questions answered. Uh, according to the Mayo Clinic, there's some other reasons why exercise is important it controls your weight it combats health conditions and diseases and really it improves your mood it improves uh, better sleep you know better body functioning and it can be very very fun and social for you you can go work out with your friends you can join groups you can meet new people while exercising All of these reasons are so important to pilots and I can, in these, these reasons can directly affect how you perform in the air, on the line, in the office. You know, what I love and what's so great about exercise is that it can have an immediate and then long-term health benefits to you, but you got to put in the work. You got to start now. Exercise is the second part to controlling your weight. You can diet all you want, or you can look, you know, you can go look for some, magic pill that's supposedly out there but nothing is going to work unless you add regular exercise to your regimen you just have to there's no way around it when it comes to adding exercise to weight management the goal the goal for you shouldn't be to lose as much weight as possible in the least amount of time that's really you know what you associate with people that do crash dieting which is not very healthy. If you lose weight very, very fast, I promise you, you can put that weight on just as fast as you lost it. And that's not healthy. The goal should be lose, you know, to lose fat, not weight, you know, for example, over the last year, you know, with me, I've dropped 15 pounds personally, and that was caused by my body cutting away fat, you know, from what I could tell. Now I see the scale going back up, but my physique still relatively looks the same as, you know, when I dropped the original 15 pounds. But that's simply because when you lose fat, you have room and it's replacing it with muscle when you have continued exercise. And I mean, my exercise regimen can be people have called me, what the heck, why are you getting up? at I get up at 4am every morning to go work out. I just think it works for me. It's how I stay healthy. So how much exercise should aviators be getting to keep up a healthy lifestyle? Well, for me, in a good week, I probably work out four to six days. You know, six days is pushing it. That rarely happens, but five happens a lot for, I guarantee, for every single week. When it comes time, I'm usually working out for about an hour. Should you be working out for an hour? That's up to you. You know, you got to find what works for you. Now, most people in the fitness industry believe an individual should be getting at least 20 to 30 minutes a day, you know, vigorous aerobic exercise uh, about three to four times a week. So for me in my four to six days a week, that could be considered a little overkill by some, but that's how I like to stay healthy and fit. That just works for me. That's how I get my energy It's what makes me feel good. So for pilots being physically fit, uh, being physically fit, excuse me, it keeps our body, our mind and everything in tip top shape being healthy and in shape has its advantages when being a pilot. I truly, truly believe that. And I think, you know, if you believe that you may be having some health issues or whatnot and you start exercising, and eating healthy, I guarantee it'll probably have uh, some improvements in what you do in aviation. Lastly, a lot of people know this already, but exercise also relieves a lot of stress and it just overall boosts your mood because of the release of endorphins in your body when you, when you exercise. By keeping fit and adding exercise into your daily routine, whether that be walking the block, running, doing weights, doing CrossFit, doing Camp Gladiator, whatever you do, keeping fit is going to have a direct impact on your performance in the air. And it's gonna help keep your mind sharp when you have to make those critical decisions, whether you're on the ground or in the air. So, if you're a pilot, I'm saying this please take care of yourself, make time in your day to work out. It's so so important. Your body 20 years from now will thank you if you start working out today. It may be hard for you to start, but I promise you, if you do it for a week and you stick to a goal and you keep to it, you will start to feel so much better. And you may, but again, guys, it's not guaranteed. You may even see a, uh, you know, a boost in performance, uh, in whatever job you do in aviation, try it out. Let me know and tell me what you think, because I promise you, you will see a difference. Now let's go to the fourth thing that I believe aviators should worry about, and that's rest. Sleep is so important in depriving yourself of sleep is going to affect your stress, your mental health, your weight management and your capability to exercise regularly, and your overall flying capability. I mean, guys, if you think about it, while you're in the air, it could be incredibly easy to fall asleep at the yoke. You know, I can tell you when I'm flying in my Cessna 172, because of how calm it can get up there. And if you're by yourself, if you're on a long cross country, you know, it, you know, you it, it could get comfortable. You know, it can get warm. It can be cool. And it's easy just to fall asleep at the wheel. You know, this is true in a car. If you're on a long car ride and you're by yourself and it's smooth and you're comfortable, you could fall asleep at the wheel if you're sleep deprived. So we all know sleep is very, very important, but how much do we really need as aviators? There's so many things out there telling us, well, we need this, we need that. The problem is everybody is different and there is no way that you can tell both aviator A and B that they both need six to eight hours of sleep you just can't tell them that everybody is different in their own way and they can handle different amounts of sleep because everybody's different i mean as another example i will sleep four to six hours and i can function just fine the next day but my wife on the other hand if she doesn't have at least seven to eight hours of sleep you can bet she will be tired i promise you that ask her If you still haven't been convinced that sleep is very, very important for us aviators, then maybe a few other key points and some stats will. You know, I found um, found something. A National Sleep Foundation poll revealed that roughly 50% of pilots are not getting a good night's sleep. The same foundation also recommends creating a more relaxing bedtime routine and regular sleeping hours and putting yourself in an environment that promotes a restful night's sleep to combat that daytime drowsiness that can happen if you don't get that sleep. How much sleep you get will dictate how you fly and how you can react to certain things and do your job properly while you're in that seat. You know a part of me really thinks that sleep should actually be one of the most important pieces in aviators uh health i really do you know it can compete for that number one spot with stress and mental uh you know mental health because your sleep directly affects how that is so just like the other three pieces that we've talked about earlier earlier of an aviator's health uh, sleep will directly hurt or help you as an aviator Sleep is another way of how your body recharges itself and when you're an aviator you have to have that recharge when you're you know when before you before you get in the sky you know workout gives you charge food gives you charge but sleep is probably one of the most important recharges your body can get if you don't agree with me you're probably going to go to the cockpit tired and you're going to be making some mistakes in your future i promise you that that's how it happens that's how some of the, some accidents here in the u.s happen sleep deprived pilots it's not good okay sleep is your best friend it really really is so please please make sure you make sleep a big part of your health routine i try to get as much sleep at night you know that i need to be able to function uh the next day and i take sleep very seriously So the last and final piece of Aviator's Health that I think is very, very important to you, and this is number five, is getting general health checkups from a physician. So general health checkups, make them regular. You know, everyone, to everyone, this just seems, you know, like common sense advice. Ah, go check with your doctor, go to a yearly appointment. The problem is, is everybody says that's great advice. They don't actually do it. Your doctor is going to become your best friend because as a pilot, as an aviator, whatever you do in aviation, they also want your body to be in tip-top health. Simply put, if you have not seen a doctor over, you know, in the last year, schedule an appointment today, tomorrow, soon as possible with your healthcare provider to discuss what screenings and exams you need and when you need them. It's in my honest opinion... And this is just my opinion speaking the third class medical appointment does not count as a true medical screening it's just my honest opinion i don't believe it is but some people some people believe it is as i said before most people can pass a third class medical after experiencing it i was like wow that's it having a yearly physical from a physician who's going to sit down with you and it's going to be a longer appointment is going to go way more into detail and is going to help you understand your health way better. They just really, really are. <clears throat> According to the CDC, and this is something else I found out that it just really, really sparked my mind you know, regular health exams and tests can help find problems before they even start. The CDC then goes on to say they also can help find problems early when your chances for treatment and cures are better. So by getting the right health services, the right screenings, the right treatments, you're taking the proper steps to help your chances for living a longer and healthier life. You know, guys, with your age, your health, your family history, uh, the lifestyle choices you make uh, and other important factors uh, that could, you know, impact things like, you know, when you need healthcare. you know, a doctor can help you with. Go to your physician once a year, get your yearly physical and have the doctor put you on a path to stay healthy. So in short, with what the CDC says, you know, what our government, our own government says, which I believe they're trying to watch out for our best health interest. If you're an aviator of any age, you should plan a yearly visit with your doctor. I got my yearly checkup coming up here in September because I'm taking a serious, you know, I take my health very, very seriously. I want to be in tip top shape. It's not only going to help you stay healthy for flying but it's going to help you keep a healthy lifestyle for life. I think that's what everybody hopes for. Like I said, healthy is the new wealthy. You can have all the money in the world and live a pretty unhealthy life and feel like crap. I feel great, I continue on a healthy journey and every day I wake up very happy in a right mental state of mind and I truly believe it's because I go to the doctor, I exercise, I'm not very stressed, my mental health game is good. You know. Truly believe that healthy is the new wealthy. If my family and I are healthy, if my aviator friends are healthy and they're getting doctor screenings and they're eating right and they're sleeping good, that makes me the happiest. It really, really does. There's nothing else. As long as people are healthy and happy, I'm happy too. So, well, there you have it, folks. Those in the Av Geek Chronicles point of view. Those are the five key areas that, in my opinion, the most important areas of an aviator's health. So to wrap this up, let's go through the, um, these five areas in a very quick rundown. At number one, we had stress and mental health. Surround yourself with a positive environment and keep your stress levels low. Number two, weight management. Eat healthy and get your proper amount of vitamins and minerals and your body will seriously thank you. Number three, exercise. Exercise is a very, very, very important addition to the previous two areas and will help you excel in your health goals and could get you there faster. Remember, try to fit 30 minutes of aerobic activity into your daily regimen. Your body will thank you later. Number four, rest, one of the most important ones, probably could compete with stress and mental health for that number one spot. But remember, everyone is different, everyone needs sleep. Find out the right amount of sleep that works for you and is going to help your body stay recharged and stick with that plan to continue getting that amount of sleep. If you're not sleeping, you shouldn't be flying, you shouldn't be maintaining, you shouldn't be out there on the line because you could be making a mistake because you're tired. And last but not least we have number five general health checks get to your doctor at least once a year because that third class medical it ain't cutting it as a medical exam your doctor is on your side and wants to keep you in flying shape make it a regular part of your yearly life to get a general health checkup well everybody I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode of Av Geek Chronicles because there was a lot of great value in this episode and I really, really take this part of aviation really seriously. But I do want you to know that these are my own views, these are my own opinions and recommendations and they are not supported, they are not paid, they were not pushed on me by any organization like the FAA or any other aviation uh, type of committee. These are just the areas that I believe that any pilot, young and old, should really, really focus on. It's going to help them inside and out of aviation. Remember, everyone, go over to social media and give me a follow. You can find the Chief Av Geek over on Instagram and Twitter at H O D. G E underscore C H E. That's Hodge underscore C H E. Let's get over there. Let's continue the conversation about aviator, aviator health, man. I can't even say it right, but I really, I'm really passionate about that. And I think we do need to push this more in aviation. So from Fort Worth, Texas, I wish you all blue skies and tailwinds. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Please leave a one-sentence comment. Please find me on social media. Follow me. Ask me a question. And maybe you might see your question on the next episode of AvGeek Chronicles. But we will see you next time on the next episode of AvGeek Chronicles. See ya!